Welcome to the Road to Wellville podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Terrell. Together, we will explore our own wellness journeys, nurturing body, mind, and spirit. Join me as I talk to top wellness professionals from all over the world with a wide range of backgrounds and specialties. I invite you to discover, discuss, and design your own path on the road to Wellville. I am beyond excited, like excited is not even the word to describe how I feel about having this conversation with you today, Jen, because you're one of my dearest friends and I am just so excited. It's finally aligned and connected for us to talk today. And I'm really excited about our subject. So I'd like to start by welcoming the listener today. Listener, I am looking so forward to introducing you to my dear friend, Jennifer Griffith. Um, She's an absolute inspiration. She is the founder of In the Life of Zen, a platform that shares inspiration, guidance, and practical tips to help others achieve financial freedom, juggle the demands of home, family, and careers, and fulfill their purpose without sacrificing their dreams. In addition to pursuing her passions, Jennifer is also the vice president of business development for a healthcare media company. She's a busy gal with lots of different hats. (laughs) And I am so excited to chat with you, Jennifer, today and learn more about how you found financial freedom and how you help others do the same. This is like an amazing alchemy to me, you know, this whole money finance manifesting uh piece so i'm so excited to jump in with you about this today thank you michelle yeah so you know i was so lucky to meet you we met by chance like i think it was 14 or 15 years ago in fact i have a poster from that day it was 2006. i have it too and i just looked at it because i wanted to find out how long ago was it yes yeah i'm actually looking at it so it was such a great day and we were at a record store and i just totally felt such good energy from you and it was so long ago there was no airdrop right so i think one of us took a picture for somebody else and we exchanged emails and then we built a friendship from that so to me it's just such an uh, awesome example of serendipity and um and so we built a friendship and we've known each other for years and then we reconnected when you started to really take this leadership role and become such a mentor and you created this kind of empowerment circle for women that I feel so blessed to be a part of and I just love the way that you bring women together in new and creative ways and I just really can't wait for you to share your wisdom and energy with my listener oh my gosh that is the sweetest introduction I've ever heard so thank you I'm beyond humbled by your words that was very very sweet and I cherish our friendship and how we met which was yes way before I think we probably all had flip phones still (laughs) so way before technology advanced but um yeah I'm so honored to have you in my life and I cherish our friendship so thank you for having me on today and um yeah as you mentioned so I started in the life of zen in 2017 And that really just started based on my personal journey and our financial journey, which I'll get to in a minute. But In the Life of Zen really is a professional development site or personal professional development site that offers resources on mind, body, and spirit, or, you know, in other words, mental, physical, and spiritual health. And a huge part of our health is financial health Mm. and our financial well-being, which a lot of times we don't talk about, right? It's kind of like the money subject is put off to the side. So it's a big focus for me and myself and my business partner uh, provide weekly resources, both on our website. And then we have a podcast as well that focus specifically on money and abundance, work-life balance and passion and success. And what we do, the partnership we have with um, Natasha, who's my business partner, is this beautiful harmony. It's like a, a beautiful marriage, we kind of joke and say that we have because she's excellent at the work-life balance aspect. We're both great at passion and success, kind of following that part. And then I'm more of the focus on the money aspect. So together we create this nice little harmony, I, what, uh, what I like to call a nice harmony. So. But my story really started, um, it started a long time ago, to be honest, because as kids, you know, both my husband, Jesse and I, we both grew up in households where our families were rather financially immature and they never really taught us kind of the value of saving money or, you know, the importance of saving money. So I grew up with this understanding that, you know, 
you had to build your credit. And one of the most important things you can do was build your credit. So it was coming, the message was coming from my parents, you know, society at large, marketing campaigns. And when I turned 18, one of the best ways for an 18 year old to build their credit is to get credit cards. So I applied for what seemed like all of the credit cards and got approved for a bunch of them. And I just remember being so proud, right? Like here I was at 18 with all of these credit cards in my wallet. And meanwhile, the word savings was nowhere in my thought, my life, my mentality, like it was nowhere. I had no, no idea of the importance of saving money really. So you fast forward to our thirties and we had a bunch of credit card debt. We had a hefty California mortgage and I had a school loan and a car loan, uh, two car loans, and we had zero money in savings. And believe it or not, we didn't think anything of it. It was a normal part of life until the recession of 2008 hit. And like millions of Americans, my husband, Jesse, lost his job. And we went from two incomes to one. And unfortunately, we had over $100,000 in debt. I think it was close to about $130,000 in primarily credit card debt. And we were drowning. I mean, once you lose two incomes and you rely only on one, I didn't have enough money to cover all of our expenses. Um, and I just remember, you know, it was a horrible time in our lives because not being able to pay for your bills, you know, you then have creditors calling you and our home went into foreclosure, which I don't think I've ever admitted that uh, on a podcast before, but it's a reality. Our home went into yeah. foreclosure. We had to take money out of our 401k to save it, but it was so awful that one day it just brought me to my knees. You know, that feeling of just complete hopelessness and despair. And I remember just crying hysterically and I was counting change just to be able to go buy a couple necessities at the grocery store. And in that moment of despair, I had a moment of clarity. And I remember just thinking, how the hell did I get here? And I'm going to make a change. I never want to be in this situation again, ever, because this was the worst I'd felt. Yeah. So I just remember thinking, like, I got myself into this mess. I can get myself out of it. It's kind of one of those, that mm-hmm. mind, you know, the process. So yeah, taking responsibility and then taking that's responsibility. really empowering. Yeah. And just choosing, making mm-hmm. a choice, right? Like, mm-hmm. I do not want to be here. I will not be here ever again. So to be honest, it was kind of just through venting and bitching, for lack of a better term, <laughs> with trusted individuals, like individuals who I knew who were doing very well financially. And it was a good friend of mine who recommended Dave Ramsey. And I'd never heard of him before. Dave Ramsey is a a personal financial guru who really focuses on living debt-free. So bought everything Dave Ramsey. And then Jesse and I made a conscious choice to really immerse ourselves in the resources that we had at hand. And we uh, decided to create Mondays as our night to learn about finances together. And we called it Manifestation Mondays. And that's when we were sit, we had DVDs at the time. So we would sit and put in, you know, Dave Ramsey's DVDs. And it was, we did a home study kit really. So between Dave Ramsey and the books, um, we decided to use all of the knowledge we were getting and really just learn one of the most important things we've ever learned in our life, which was one, it was financial literacy, which we never had, but two, it was how to understand our finances and how to understand how much we made, how much we spent and what we had left over. And until like we were in our thirties when we learned this lesson. So based on that knowledge, we, you know, decided to kind of get our crap together and it took us a few years. I'm not going to lie. It took a couple years of trying to figure out how to get ourselves out of the hole. But once we were able to cut down on our expenses and free up some money by getting rid of our credit cards, I sold one of our, you know, we had two cars. We sold one of them. We were able to free up some money. And in a matter of six years, 
we paid off all of our debts. So all of our bad debt, I want to clarify. So our credit cards, our car loans, and our school loans. We do still have a mortgage that we're working on, but we completely just made a choice, turned our life around, and are now 100% debt-free. That is so, so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Wow. I think that that sounds like, I mean, such a huge mountain to climb, but it sounds like you guys just kind of took little steps to get there. And something I love about you and Jesse is that you guys are like such a dynamic duo. You're like such a team, you know, yeah. and that sounds like, I mean, the idea that you had manifestation Mondays is like next level, yeah. you know, any <laughs> listeners, you know, I think that that's huge is to, you know, uh, yeah uh, you know, get your spouse, or if you don't have a spouse, like significant other, like, it sounds like you really went to a place where you were authentic and you, you brought people into your journey, you know, like you said, you were talking about talking to people that you knew that were already, um, like successful with their finances. Um, so I, yeah, that's, that's, it's a team effort. And, and I know that you kind of, you know, you, you now have become one of those resources for others, you know, yeah. that they can, they can come to. And, um, I know sometimes it can probably be kind of hard to have that conversation with some family members or people that are close. So I love that you, you create that opportunity for people to learn, um, you know, from someone else, maybe without having to, divulge all their secrets, you know, yeah. and be <laughs> like careful who right you now. divulge your secrets to, right? Because some, you know, you need a support system also, mm -hmm. and you need, you never want to take advice from someone who's worse at something than you are is how mm -hmm. I see it. Like, you know, you yeah. always, I mean, if I'm going to get advice on my health, I'm going to go to someone who lives a healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. If I want advice on, you know, how to create a better work-life balance, I'm going to go to someone who has a really good work-life balance, right? Mm -hmm. Same with finances. And the thing with finances is we don't talk about it a lot. There's a mm -hmm. shame. And I'm not saying you have to sit around a table and say, oh my gosh, I make all this money or, oh my gosh, I have all this debt. Like it's not, how it normally happens. But I think what will happen is when you start to share your story and maybe some of your challenges and your struggles with other people, you're going to find out for one, that you're not alone. Mm. A lot of people go through this. Um, and two, you'll find tips and exercises and tools, like what worked really well for someone else, you know, they might share that with you and then you can apply it and implement it. And then next thing you know, you're on a better path than you may have been. So mm -hmm. I do hope that the conversation around money becomes something that um, couples, especially well, anyone really, but in your marriage or at, in a partnership or a relationship, something all couples should really have a really in-depth conversation of and make sure you're on the same page because it's going to be really challenging if your values and ideas and where you want to be in the future do not align. Mm -hmm. So it's key. So, and Jesse and I still do manifestation Mondays, not so much around finances anymore, but we'll do it. We'll sit down and plan like ideal vacations, mm -hmm. or sometimes we'll just have like a paint night and, you know, or make vision boards together, Yeah, you know? So it's fun. It's a way for, I think, couples to also play and have fun together. Mm -hmm. So I yeah. recommend it. That's super fun. And yeah. um, I was going to say, um, kind of shifting a little bit, uh, in this podcast, I tend to uh, interview a lot of coaches and I find that the best ones, like you were saying, you don't want to take advice from someone who is not as well-versed as you are in a, in a subject. It just feels like you know, those who have been in the depths of it, like you said, those are the people who have been there. Those are the ones that are the greatest coaches because yeah. they've been there, they've gone through it, they can empathize. And even though the situation might not be exactly the same, right? Um, that's, that gives you really effective um, kindling for the fire. You know, it gives yeah. you um, good sources to share and a good place to come from to connect with others. So I think that's, that's super important that you have went through your own journey. Yeah. And for, you know, and that's such, that's key right there, because for me, for full transparency, I'm not a financial advisor. Mm -hmm. I'm just someone who has a lived experience mm -hmm. and was in the trenches and was as low as you can get. And we found a way to get out and it was mm -hmm. through a lot of years. So absolutely. It's, it's those individuals that have lived through something and have survived and have become better mm -hmm. because of it. They have good stories to tell and they have a heck of a ton of resources for all of us to learn from. Right. 
So kind of uh, to piggyback on that, speaking of resources and, and helping others, what do you wish you knew back then? Like that moment of surrender and that moment of hopelessness. Like if you could go back to that Jennifer now, what would yeah. you say to her? You know, it's, in- gosh, it's interesting because I feel like even way before that, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. someone would have just taught me how to be financially responsible, right? Because for us, it was a lesson we learned such the hard way. Um, and I mean, if you look at the stats alone, and this is what I think is amazing, in the US, over 60% of adults don't keep track of their money or they don't understand where their money is going. More than half of the US adults in the US have less than $1,000 in savings. And over 78% of the workforce lives paycheck to paycheck. So clearly something, yes, there's a message that's missing. So for me, I think my biggest wish is that someone would have taught me at a young age how to manage my money. So whether it was at home or at school, I wish there was a focus on financial literacy, Mm -hmm. just like there is on our physical health, you know, on our spiritual health. For me, and, and this is something that I think about often, it's like, I wish this was a course in school starting mm. at a young age. You know, how to help individuals learn about money to make effective and af- informed decisions for their future. And that's lacking. I mean, other than maybe taking a home ec class many, many moons mm-hmm. ago where they taught yeah. you how to balance a checkbook, mm-hmm. you know, what kind Which no of, one does anymore, right? right? <laughs> there aren't any courses. So Jen, you need the, to design this course for right? high schoolers. I would love that. Yeah. I would love that. I think so, that would be huge. Yeah. It's something, you know, and make it fun and exciting because mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be budget heavy. Like nobody wants to create budgets, right? But how you make it to a point where it's all about just understanding, mm-hmm. right? And it's knowing how to manage and control your money so it doesn't do the reverse and it controls you. Mm -hmm. right so yeah and it sounds like you have so many great ideas of how to make it fun like you know what you and jesse do and like yeah that's such a key is like making it fun i remember when i was a a kid shout out to my dad he did buy me this book called the richest man in babylon i don't know if you ever heard of it it's like you know and he had me read it in in high school and i do think that it made a big shift in my mindset as far as saving. I mean, I know he started, he set me up with like fidelity when I was like 17 and I did not, I didn't (laughs) follow all of his directions. Um, but I, that book will always stay with me. And so I do feel like that 17, 18 year old, like you said, when you were getting into that credit card and you feel like a grown up, you're like, wow, look, I got a credit card. I can buy what I want. You know, it's like this, I, this feeling of maturity, but there's really still such a lack of maturity and understanding as far Mm -hmm. as savings and what the power of this credit card really means right because it's wouldn't it have been great like think of when we got you know I started working at the age of 15 I got a permit to work if there was like a manual or a course Mm. that was available to you that would say okay look if you just put aside a hundred dollars a month or let's not say a hundred because I was making like four dollars and 75 cents right when I first started working (laughs) an hour but if they were to say okay you put away twenty dollars a month Mm -hmm. by the time you're 45 you're gonna have x amount of money you know Mm -hmm. potentially it's like Mm -hmm. no one ever had those conversations with me and again Mm -hmm. it's it's a byproduct of our environment at home too like my parents just weren't that way but how how empowering would it be if that was available to individuals at that young age, like what mm-hmm. your dad did to you, you know, and I know kids, especially when you're younger, they don't want to be lectured to, they don't want to listen, but if it sticks even just a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, and even imagine what $20 with compound interest could do mm-hmm. for individuals. So yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely something that, um, I think needs to change a little bit. Yeah. I think you got the fun aspect. Like my dad got it in early, but like there wasn't the fun. Like if you could figure out how to get the fun in there for those kids, like, you know, whatever and simple, you know, get the app or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. 
And there are books, I think Warren Buffett has a book for kids, Mm. you know, that explains like, it's a fun, cute little story. So, you know, it wasn't around when I was a kid, but there are ways to make things fun starting at a young age with kids through either Mm. books or just get things to stick. There's games now, Um, but find a way to make it enjoyable because that's what it has to be too. So for Jesse and I, I think when we were doing those manifestation Mondays, part of that was a little bit of dreaming. You know, like we're in a place of despair like this. And I have to be honest, like we were in marital counseling because it puts so much strain mm-hmm. on our marriage. But when we knew like we're, we're in this together, we're willing to fight for it. And at some point it's like, okay, let's just imagine, let's just pretend that we weren't here and let's pretend that we had everything paid off. What does that look like? And that gave us a little bit more of that umph and that that you know thing we needed to just keep going without giving up so you do have to make it fun and do you think going through this shared challenge you know that you guys came together actually had a positive impact on your relationship looking back like like going through this struggle and coming out the other side together it definitely did but it wasn't without a lot of pain. Right. <laughs> right. Cause there was a lot of anger, a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of resentment, mm-hmm. which is why we ended up in counseling. And mm-hmm. we went through a couple, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't easy. There were a couple years when we were in the thick of this, it was tough. Our mm-hmm. marriage was not in a good place. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're willing to do the work and put in the time and the effort, then it could turn out great. And that's what it did for us. Cause we were willing to work on it together. And absolutely for us, it made us stronger as a couple. It made us realize how to communicate things a little more openly too, before it got to a really bad place. Right. Cause before it's with finances, it's almost like we never talked about like, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Let's just kind of, you know, sweep it under the rug for a little bit. And then and then became like big elephant in the room. Right. Mm -hmm. So it taught us how to communicate better, how to just deal with challenges a little easier. It definitely helped. I mean, at the end of the day, after, you know, a couple years of, well, I don't think we're in marital counseling a couple of years, we had a a couple of years of strain, but then we had an excellent counselor who really just helped us. So yes, in the end, Mm -hmm. it will make you stronger if Mm -hmm. you're willing to put the time and the effort in. And like you said before, like if your values are aligned too, exactly right? right? That's a key, you know, because mm-hmm. I think I've been in those relationships that ended because even though there was so much love and we were actually willing to work really hard, but if your values are not aligned, then you're both working really hard in like different directions, right? hundred percent. Yeah. 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 That's key. So um, I was wondering like for my listeners, so I, I feel like I'm, what I'm hearing from you is like for listeners that have children, no matter what age they are, particularly if they're like teens, young teens or, or, you know, older teens, like there are resources out there to help you like guide your children in a positive way with their finances for the mm-hmm. future. And yeah, that's like, what a gift to give yeah. them to start out in their lives. Um, for other listeners that um, maybe don't have kids or, you know, for a kind of another aspect, um, do you have any tips about how like to help uh, listeners save money, especially if they're on a limited budget? Yes, absolutely. So we have to remember saving money can seem very unattainable. If we don't, you know, if, especially if we think we don't make a lot of money, but the good news is you can make just really small changes in your life that can have a big impact. And some of the things are simple. So first look at your expenses and this is where you really have to understand your money, right? You have to understand what you're spending on. And if you don't, if you've never done an exercise that teaches you how much you make, how much you spend and what you have left over. We do have a a tool, a free tool on our website that you can use, but it's very easy. It's kind of fill in Mm. the blanks. So once you know what you're spending on is look at things that you may not need. For example, the first thing I would recommend would be to cancel any monthly memberships or subscriptions. Those magazines you receive that you don't even look at. Um, do you get beauty and clothing boxes, you know, that you're paying quite a bit for, and maybe you're not loving what you're getting. Do you have mobile apps that you pay for Mm. that are costing you $9.99 a month or $29.99 a month, and you hardly ever use them. And so try to eliminate things like that at first. Mm -hmm. Secondly is to stop 
kind of online, mindless shopping online. Because I think right now, the convenience of having online shopping is a blessing and a curse, right? We have this really easy ability to, with one click of a button, spend a ton of money. So I'm not saying you need to stop spending because none of what I recommend or do is focused on deprivation. It's just focused on better managing what you're, you're spending on. So if you can, you know, if you have those accounts, online shopping accounts saved up, just get rid of your debit card or your credit card. And that way, every time you go to buy something, you're forced to write your numbers in because mm. it's just, it makes it a little more challenging, mm -hmm. right? And you might- you have to get up and get your wallet. That's like a little bit of think time. <laughs> right? And then yeah. by then you might be like, I forget it. I'm not going right. to do it, right? Um, the third thing would be along those lines is use the 24-hour rule. So if there's something you see that you want, wait 24 hours before you buy it. And then if the, in those 24 hours you still want it, you know, consider it. But what I would recommend is put it in either a shopping cart or in a wish list. Or if you have Pinterest, a great thing to do is always pin it somewhere and save it for later. Because often, more often than not, what happens is when you think about a lot of times we do impulse shopping, right? Mm. So when you think about something you want, you put it away for 24 hours, 24 hours later, you don't want that. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's where you need to get into a mindset where you're becoming a little more conscious on what you're spending on. And then lastly, and I think this is key for anyone, and Jesse and I do this once a week, is create a meal plan. So sit down on Sunday or Monday nights, write down your meals for the week, you know, what you need for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, drinks, write them out, you know, Monday through Sunday or Monday through Friday, whatever. And then when you make your list for the grocery store, only include items on that list that are on your meal plan. And what this gets you to doing is it prevents you from buying things that you don't really need. And then it just cuts down, like it cuts down on your spending. So mm -hmm. These are just like little tricks that you can do that really aren't, it's not anything detrimental, but they make a big impact at the end of the day. Because if you can do this and cut down a hundred bucks a month, maybe 150 bucks a month, that all adds up. Mm -hmm. That can go into your savings. And then that's over a thousand dollars in your savings after a year. Right. Right. Absolutely. That's a good hefty chunk. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love, I love what you said about not focusing on deprivation. Yeah. That is key, yeah. I think, because I think that's what really holds people back from looking at their finances or that kind of thing. You know, it's like mm -hmm. not coming from this scarcity mindset, because right. I do think that when we come from that scarcity mindset, that's what we get a scarcity, you know, and right. I have to say, you know, from fall, from being not only your friend and, you know, seeing your social media and what you're all about, like you are not about deprivation. Like I mm -hmm. see you enjoying your life. And I find that so inspirational that you can, you know, have this abundant life and not be not depriving yourself, but um, being just really smart and strategic and aligned with what you're doing. Yeah. And uh, you were talking about the meal planning. Uh, for me, this pandemic and everything that's gone on this last year has really helped me focus on that idea of meal planning. Um, I've loved Instacart. Like, I don't think I'm going to give it up like after, you know, everything because I mean, not only does it save me time, but it doesn't be Instacart, you know, it could be like whatever delivery, yeah. but I, I like how, for me, it keeps me focused. Cause when I'm in the, for me personally, when I'm in the store, that's when I'm like, Ooh, especially Trader Joe's is like the worst, right? Like that's new. <laughs> I'll try that. And then a lot of times it just ends up in the trash. Cause it like, you know, I, I forgot it wasn't part of my plan. So I didn't make it. And then it went bad or, you know, whatever. So I just, I love that idea too, of like doing a meal plan and just being really strategic. Even if you go into the store, if you're that person who can go to the store with your list and stick to your list, then good on you. Yeah. But for me, like I, for me, the internet, the online shopping helps me stay more focused, but I'm yeah. sure it's different for different personalities. You it know? definitely but is. Yeah. For me, just being in the store, like Target's probably the worst. I probably spent so much money, you know, just, <laughs> oh, the cool new stuff at Target, right? Right. We all, we all do it and we're all guilty of it. And that's okay because that, yeah, as you mentioned, like we shouldn't live in a mindset of deprivation. So what we need to do when you understand your finances, look, I love shopping. I like going out to eat or ordering in now, right? I could still do those things. You just have to put money aside for those things. Mm. So I know this is how much money I make. 
This is how much money I spend on my bills and our necessities. This is what I have left over. Of the amount I have left over, I'm going to choose to invest X amount of that. And then I'm going to leave myself this chunk, whatever that chunk is, to have fun, to shop, mm -hmm. to go out to dinner, to go on vacation. The whole thought here is know where your money is going and make if if having fun and, and going on vacations or going out to eat or taking adventures is important to you, plan for it. That's it. Mm -hmm. What you don't want to happen though is you don't have a lot of money. You, sh you know, you hardly have enough to cover your bills, but you're still spending $200 on going out to eat or something. Mm -hmm. Because then what happens is then you'll start to charge or put things on credit cards or you're overspend or over buying really. So you need to understand like, what are my brackets? And if at some points like, okay, with the pandemic, we've all been forced to reevaluate our finances. Maybe we're not going out to eat as much as we were, but we now are all home a little more. So our electricity bills going up or what, whatever the case may be. So you can re Now we need Netflix funds. and Hulu and <laughs> right. Disney plus and Amazon. Yeah. All those things. <laughs> so you can reallocate, like just say, okay, we're not spending as much going out to eat, but we are indulging in Netflix and Hulu and whatever. So I'm going to allocate some of the funds here and that's okay. Yeah. Just know where it's going and know what's important to you. Mm -hmm. And if you want to shop wherever, then have a hundred dollars a month is my shopping money. Mm -hmm. And 50 bucks a month is my going out to eat money. Just plan for mm -hmm. it is yeah. really what you want to get into. And what it sounds like to me, like you're saying is a lot, it's kind of, I think a lot of people have their heads kind of buried in the sand because it seems so scary and so overwhelming. And I think also that kind of uh, fear of deprivation. So for whatever reason, a lot of people have their head in the sand about, they don't know, like you said, about how much is coming in, how much is going out and that's when all this kind of debt starts to pile up and it doesn't feel good. You know, it's like, I know it's hard to pull your head out of the sand and really take a hard look at what you're doing, you know, your, what's coming and what's going out, but like, it's going to be so worth it in the end. Right. It's kind of like tearing off a bandaid or whatever, you know, it's like, it's, it's yes. hard at first. It takes some discipline, but then you just get used to it. You, you start building those habits and, you know, you do, you put one foot in for the other and then the habits are healthier and, and you start to see your bank account grow. I have yeah. a, a mentor, Elena Brower, and she, she encourages people to check your finances every day. Like if you use a credit card or your bank account, like looking at it every day. Yeah, that's and interesting. She says looking at it every day, just looking at it, she says it just grows for her, you know? And I think part of that is just being aware of what's in there and what you're doing, you know? Yeah, that for me, every day would be a little much. I think I'd start to worry. I think, mm -hmm. I don't know, you just see unexpected charges, but definitely mm -hmm. check it frequently. Mm -hmm. So for me, what I do is twice a month, usually at the beginning of the month and at the middle of the month, I go through, like I keep a spreadsheet of all mm -hmm. of my bills. Cause I want to know, you know, exactly how much I'm spending every month. But what that also does is if you look at your accounts and you see something unexpected, you can catch it. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, we were recently, we've been going to a store and every time we went in, they were charging us three times for one purchase. Whoa. Yeah, we went, and it wasn't a lot. Yeah. It was like $11 or $13.33. It was like weird numbers. But then, you know, to just dispute it, right? So mm -hmm. A, you can catch things a little earlier. Mm -hmm. And then it also, hopefully what it'll do is it'll just make you a little more mindful of how much you have. So when you're making choices, you're, 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 you're spending, you're consciously spending, Mm -hmm. right? You're spending on things like, okay, I know I have this amount so I can buy this or, you know, I budgeted for this. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. Or, you know what? Mm, we had a couple unexpected bills. So I need to take a step back this month and then next month I'll be back where I need to be. So pay attention to your finances. Don't mm -hmm. let it, don't ignore them. Mm -hmm. You know? So I do, I do agree with her and that you should check them frequently mm -hmm. daily, just might be a little bit much for me. Yeah. Yeah. It might be different for different people. I haven't yeah. gotten there yet with the everyday either, but it's something I, I aspire to. And I do like the idea of like, like you said, like catching that stuff right away, yeah. you know, the, cause that it does pop up a lot. Like the, you know, the double charges or charging, you know, a, a mm -hmm. service fee for this or for that and all that stuff adds up so much. Yeah. So for those of us who I think we've all been guilty of it, who have had our heads in the sand maybe, or who have accumulated, 
more debt than we'd like, which is yeah. probably more than zero, right? Um, what, what should be the first steps to paying off that debt? Yeah, so again, um, understanding your finances is key because you need to understand why you're in that debt in the first place. Mm. Is it because you're not making enough money and you're using credit cards maybe to live kind of by necessities? Are you a big spender? You know, do you have a shopping habit that needs to be broken? So once you understand why you're in debt, it helps to then be able to tack, tackle it a little better. So if you have credit cards and if you're in a position where you don't need to have credit cards, personally for me, I would almost say until you get out of debt, cut them up, close them up, get rid of them. That is key because what you don't want to happen is you continue to charge and then get yourself into debt, right? The second thing I would recommend doing is um, if you happen to get you know, catalogs in the mail or emails, or if you're on social media and you get all those ads oh for gosh. the latest gadgets or yeah. goods, get rid of them. Yeah. Either opt out, close out, block them, whatever you need to do, try to get rid of temptation so you're not then just shopping just because you can. So you feel like everything that comes up on your Instagram feed, it's like, you absolutely need it. That's pretty how much. I feel. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They know us so well. <laughs> and you know, what's interesting. I mentioned earlier that one, you know, the one click shopping mm -hmm. for me, I'll be like, Oh, that's so cute. I'm going to buy it. And if they don't have like PayPal, then I'm like, Ugh, mm. I have to get up and get my credit card. Forget it. I'm not getting right. It. Yeah. But it's like, so I never needed it mm -hmm. in the first mm -hmm. place, you know, but every, yeah, it's so bad. Uh, so try to block those things if yeah. you can just get rid of the temptation because mm -hmm. again you're just trying to get rid of debt eventually you can bring it all back but for right now focus on these things the third thing I would recommend is get into the mindset of paying for everything in cash mm. and debit cards are okay because that's you know cash in your in your bank account but everything food clothes vacations entertainment whatever pay for it in cash. Our philosophy really did become, if we don't have cash, we can't afford it. Mm -hmm. And it's gotten us to a point where, you know, for many years we lived this way and we didn't get credit cards until just recently. Mm -hmm. And now we're in a position in our life where we can pay off our monthly fees. But if I wouldn't be able to pay off our monthly fees, I wouldn't have credit cards. It would mm -hmm. just be cash is king. And if I don't have cash, you can't afford it. And then lastly, if you do have credit card debt is follow, you can go on Dave Ramsey's website and just download his debt snowball method. So what this is, is it's a, it's a method that teaches you how to pay off your debt from the smallest to the largest balance. So let's just say you have five credit cards and each has a pending balance. You lift, list the five credit cards in order from smallest to largest. And then what you wanna do is pay the minimum balance on all of them except for the one at the top of the list. And then you need to pay as much as you can towards that debt until you pay it off. Once you pay off the balance, the smallest balance, you then take what you were applying to that balance and you pay the next card on the list and so on and so forth, mm -hmm. right? The great thing about this method is it's A, you get rid of debt, which is awesome, but it's also a really good way to feel a sense of accomplishment because mm -hmm. you're kind of starting with the smallest and going to the largest versus if you were to start with the largest, it would take you years to pay it off. And then you would just almost feel like this isn't working. I'm going to give up. So that is an excellent, excellent way to get rid of debt if you have specifically credit card debt. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Credit card debt. That's like, I think that's probably king for a lot yeah. of people yeah. is a credit card debt. Cause like you said, I mean, a mortgage, usually a lower interest rate or even student loans, depending on when you got them, you know, but those credit cards, mm -hmm. they could be pretty high. <laughs> I was just talking rates. to someone who said they had a credit card that has a 27% interest rate rate it's like oh, that's yeah. that's awful yeah so every month if you're not paying that balance off they're now yeah. charging you 27 percent on top of your opinion balance you, you're yeah. getting a yeah and it's it can probably just feel so hopeless you know yeah. to get that so i like that idea of the snowball that's a great idea yeah and the snowball gives you momentum and i you know i love this idea of money as energy 
Yeah. Right. I mean, money is energy. Like we talked about not, you know, operating from this place of scarcity. So I was just wondering for my listener, uh, what suggestions do you have to start attracting more of this energy and abundance into their lives? Yes. Yes, it is fun. So I'm very spiritual. So what I like to call woo woo. Right. And Mm. so I really think that it's a, a little bit of planning with an equal amount of action um, is kind of the secret to success really. So when it comes to wanting to succeed at things, I feel like you need to raise your energy and your vibration. So whether it's to succeed at a task or attaining a goal or getting more money. So to attract more abundance, I suggest a couple of things that would, will help increase your vibration. So first and foremost, with whatever you do, you need to always live in gratitude right? You come up from a place where you're thankful for not only the things you have right now, but the things you are going to get in the future. So that's what for Jesse and I, when we were doing our manifestation Mondays, this was key, right? Like you act as if in a sense. So you're grateful for what you're going to have or what you hope to achieve. Um, Secondly is show respect And in this particular situation, you show respect to your money. So what you want to do is what you want to let your current money know that you want it to multiply by really understanding it and managing it, right? So great way to show respect. The third one is to give back. So you want to tell the universe that you're ready to receive by giving. So this could be donating to causes you believe in right? It doesn't have to be a lot, but just a little. Like I remember Mm -hmm. we hardly had any money to live off of, but it was like, there are people who are even worse off than we are. So I can donate $20 to the local food bank. You know, you just want to get into this place where you're not Mm -hmm. hoarding your money. Mm -hmm. And really what happens is when you show kindness to others without expecting anything in return, it comes back to you Mm -hmm. and it seems to come back to you at greater, Mm -hmm. you know, greater odds, which Mm -hmm. is awesome. And then I said this a minute ago, but act as if you need to behave in a manner that makes you feel more powerful. So surround yourself with people who are wealthy. If you don't know people who are wealthy, seek them out, look at the gurus, you know, follow them on social media, read their books, watch their documentaries, you know, try to immerse yourself and emulate them as best you can. It doesn't mean you go buy the Ferrari if they have a Ferrari, but what you wanna do is you wanna get to a point where you're almost acting in a sense, like pretending almost. It's kind of Mm -hmm. this, like you visualize, I'm visualizing a future where this is what I have. So Mm -hmm. I think that's key. And ultimately raising your vibration is just gonna make, put you in a happier state of mind, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's gonna attract more positivity in your life. So it doesn't hurt. Yeah. What you were saying about, um, giving money is flow it's flow. Right. right? And so if you're holding onto it so tight, you are stopping the flow. You are creating a block in that energy. So that totally resonates with my feelings about money and energy is yeah, it's Mm got to flow. So if you're, you can't be, you can't be in that place of scarcity where you're like, I can't, you know, whatever it is, if it's giving $5. And I I found myself in the same situations where, you know, for me, my heart is definitely like St. Jude's hospital, like kids who are sick kids. And so I've had times where like, I'm like, I don't know where I'm gonna get this money from, but yes, I am donating and it's $25. I mean, it's not like a huge amount of money, but just the act and of giving what I can. And um, I think that's part of the richest man of Babylon too. It's been a long time since I've read that book, but this mm-hmm. idea of tithing to something, giving, you know, a third of your income to um, this idea of whether it's your church or it's a, it's a charity or it's a friend who needs it, whatever it is, it's yeah. like letting them the money flow. And if you don't have money, let's say you're in a position where you're in the hole and you're trying to get out and you know, every penny has to go towards paying your bills, which I get. You can always give, you know, something tangible. Hmm. So let's say you are, you frequently walk by a homeless person and you know where they are. Usually you can pack them a lunch, 
Mm. give, mm-hmm. give out of the, just the goodness of giving, make them mm-hmm. pack them a lunch with a sandwich and an apple and a bottled water, mm-hmm. be able to, you know, just get into that point where you're willing to give to others, help a stranger. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't always have to be tied around money. If you're in a position yeah. where you have money left over, absolutely get to that point where you are, share your wealth. Mm-hmm. Cause truthfully, the best part of being able to achieve financial freedom is being able to share it with others. Mm-hmm. So you make your others better and the world, hopefully a better place. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Like we rise by lifting others. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. You've shared so many practical takeaways for the listener. I just wanted to give you a moment to see if there was anything else that you wanted to share before we move on. I think, you know, we've talked about it. If you are wanting to either pay off your debt or better understand where your hard-earned money is going, get into the understanding of truly knowing how much you're earning, how much you're spending and what you have left over. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, if you've never done it, we can, I don't know if you can put it on your show notes, but the, there's a template that you can use, mm-hmm. you know, whether yeah. you print it out or you, if you like Excel, like I do, you can make a spreadsheet out of it. But the, the main, the three main key takeaways I would give is, are those know what okay. you make, know what you spend and know what you have left over. And those really will hopefully set you off in the right place when yeah. it comes to managing your money. Certainly pro- provide a sense of clarity and direction probably of, you know, like you said, do I need to be making more? Do I need to be spending less? Do I need to be spending in different ways? Yep. Kind of a clarity of the picture. Awesome. Yeah. We will definitely link that in the show notes. I think Perfect. that's very valuable and I'm going to go do it like today. (laughs) (laughs) Let me know if you need help. Happy to help. Yeah. I think it's, and I think it's, it's, it's an evolving ongoing process. So even though I've always kind of looked at myself as some, like I said, I had a, a upbringing where I did learn about savings and I did learn about trying to make smart financial choices, but I do feel like it's constantly evolving. You know, like I definitely, like, even though I make a budget and like you, you said before, it's like, I, I have to go back to it. I have to revisit yeah. it. I have to be, I, I'm, my goal is to look at my accounts every day, even though I'm not quite there yet, but yeah. you know, it's something that it's just a little practice every day, a habit to get into. It absolutely is. Yes. And I do recommend that even once you have a hang on your money, like, you know, okay, that I know, how much I'm making, how much I'm spending, what I have left over, do that exercise at least once a year. If you're, nice. if, if your finances are pretty stable, I mm-hmm. recommend once a year to just reevaluate it. Mm-hmm. If your finances fluctuates, it's kind of fluid, do it more often, maybe mm-hmm. monthly or maybe every other month, but absolutely really understand what you're spending on. Excellent. So I'm going to definitely link that, that worksheet And you've kind of talked to us a little bit about how in the life of Zen helps others. Uh, Did you want to add anything else to how you guys help others? No. So, I mean, ultimately we provide those tools that really focus on our three pillars. So money Mm -hmm. and abundance, work-life balance and passion and success, because we do believe, you know, when you harmonize all three of those areas, you can live the life of your dreams. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we, whether it's through our website or our weekly podcast called where money meets soul, you know, we really do want to share tools to help others just empower others to succeed personally and professionally. Mm-hmm. I've learned so much from your podcast and I love the, um, like the weekly emails that you guys send out that kind of let, let us know what's going on on the website. That's super helpful. Thank so you. I recommend listeners sign up for that, that email list. Cause it's been very valuable for me. Um, so you've told us a little bit about your website, but can you kind of spell it out for us? And I'll also link it in the show notes. Um, how can listeners find you? Absolutely. So they can go to in the life of Zen. It's I N T H L A F E O F Z E N Zen.com. And then same thing on social at in the life of Zen. And then the where money meets soul podcast is available on any podcast platform. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. Um, 
I, this is just a kind of another side thing, but do you follow the minimalists or do you know much do. about what they do? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I found the minimalists. their podcasts and I think they have a new show on Netflix. I haven't seen yet, but I found their podcast and a lot of what they have to say um, to be very valuable, especially for those trying to get out of debt and yes. kind of reevaluate their values around money and other things. I just love how they kind of bring up, not just like they bring up how, money again is energy and how it's kind of about your whole life and mm -hmm. it's not just money right like I love how they say um what is it don't love money and use people they say love people and use money you know yes. so kind of be yes. strategic about that kind of a thing yeah. you know and I think that's that I love that yeah I know their message is really powerful if if you, for the listeners who have not seen their documentaries, I highly recommend them. Mm -hmm. and they're very, um, they're extremist to mm -hmm. some point when it comes to minimalism. <laughs> yeah. So it's not a lifestyle for me, but their takeaways are really powerful. Mm -hmm. I mean, when they do talk about consumerism and how much we spend without really knowing how much we're spending. Mm -hmm. So absolutely watch their documentaries. Yeah. I love their podcasts. I love their books. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're excellent. And like you said, it is very extreme. Like it may not be for everybody. And again, I don't live my life hundred percent their way either, right. but I've got, gained so many um, great tidbits from what yes. they, they share. Yeah. And they're just so honest and kind of vulnerable and they share their story. So no, they're, they're awesome. They're a great resource. So I do recommend them. Yeah. And Dave Ramsey, I'll definitely um, link him in the show notes too, and um, look more into him too, because you've kind of inspired me. I've heard about him through you. Yeah. but I definitely want to learn a little bit more about his methodologies. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, if for those of you, if you do not have someone in your life who can give you kind of financial advice, he's an excellent resource. Mm -hmm. There are hundreds of others. I mean, just mm -hmm. find the one that speaks to you, mm -hmm. you know, so Dave Ramsey is great. Rachel Cruz is great, but use them. Susie, you know, you Susie Orman. I like Susie. Much her? She's not yeah. my favorite. She's okay. Not, I don't know why. There's just some, but again, whoever speaks yeah. to you. you Everyone know, resonates like, with someone different. Absolutely. So follow, you know, especially if you feel that you don't have someone in your life who you can speak to about these things, or you don't want them to know about your finances, don't feel obligated to tell a family member, a friend, if you're not comfortable, but you can still get the advice from individuals. So find someone who is aligned with your values. Like you truly know, okay, this person, this is the message they're sharing. That's what I want in my life and follow those individuals. So. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today, Jennifer. I love you. I can't wait till next time. Thanks for having me. Until next too. time. <laughs> Until next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. To learn more about today's guest and a wide range of other wellness professionals, please visit our global wellness community at wellville.com. W-E-L-V-I-L.com. I look forward to meeting you next time on the road to Wellville.